Hey everyone, this is Jesse Claus and Brampus, and we're here with the Box Office Bomb Squad to break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters. And today's bomb is the Christmas story of 1997's Turbulence. Hines, don't you mean Lieutenant Hines? How are you, Aldo? <laughs> Weaver. What's going on up there? Well, it wasn't a pretty scene. The other prisoner broke chains, killed the four marshals, and I came in and saved the day and took care of him. Aldo! I heard you. You don't believe me? Where's the pilot? They're dead. Both of them. So who's in charge up here? Me. LAPD. Come on through, sir. All right, Ryan, you, you want to... Yeah, whoa, 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 Ryan. Now I'm Ryan and not Weaver, huh? Well, that's an improvement, isn't it? You want to negotiate? No, I don't. I'm going to crash the plane. Ah, <laughs> uh, just like the Christmas stories my grandfather used to tell. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the, uh, the movie from uh, Scrooged. The night the reindeer died. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, boy. The finding data on this movie, ooh, hard. Um, I yeah. could not find anything. I know that uh, in the week that this debuted, Avita, Jerry Maguire, and Independence Day were the top earners. This film made more in home video than it ever did in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't even show on the box office listings. Cause they only go to a sound or a certain number. Um, it <laughs> ended up before, before home video. Cause I, I don't know the home video numbers. It's hard to lay on that. It made about $11 million on a 55 million budget, which is wild because, and we'll get into this. This movie got not only one, but two sequels. Well, they made the sequels are straight to video because they, it became, uh, it's like, Oh gosh, what was it? It's a, it's a ridiculous amount of like rentals that this thing yeah. had. It was yeah, one the, of the, the most the rented video movies. Aspect of it did very well. Yeah, it was like one of the most uh, most rented home videos of 1997. Yeah, which is wild to me uh, <laughs> because it had see the the first sequel was Turbulence Two: Fear of Flying, which is a similar premise where a group of people that are all scared to fly. Uh, finally do this thing where they're going to take like a one hour flight and get over their fear. And then of course there's a serial killer on board that starts killing people. That was all right. And then the third third one one. is called heavy metal. Yes. That's a good one. If you, and that one has a serial killer that people think is a rock star, but turns out it's just a guy who looks like the rock star and they're like identical, but they're not, they're not brothers or anything. They're just identical strangers, which is really weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this movie's got a strange history to it, um, but you know, with a, the, it of course, was a failure. But and it is set in Christmas. It uh, is. And I would yeah. say this: at first, I was kind of going to Jesse shit like this. Literally has nothing to do with Christmas, but they reference Christmas a lot. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I would say they reference Christmas more than It's a Wonderful Life. They, yeah. I mean, at one point, she says, she even says, "It's all I want for Christmas." When she's asking for something. Which is one of the best scenes in the movie because really it's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. The d- plane's decorated. Christmas is a big part of what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of Christmas puns. There's Christmas other things going on. The over the top stereotypical gay male steward is like 
wearing a Santa hat the entire time. Boy, that character is offensive. We'll get <laughs> yeah, into that. Uh, that. But yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, I had the, I had the thing down because of the quote. So many probes in so many holes. That reminds me of a big had to be an ass joke. Oh my god, let's talk about it. It just goes to show that we do, in fact, do this live. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's not a lot of back end here. Uh, so, Jesse, how about that teddy bear? It was a fucking koala. <laughs> I don't know why it bothered me, but he's like, that teddy bear, then it's going to lead to death. Because Hector Elizondo's in this, and yeah. that's how he talks in every role he's in. Oh yeah, it's very dramatic. Everything I say is gonna have a really important emphasis at the end. Well, it couldn't. Have, it couldn't have been that koala. <laughs> <laughs> the koala. No dice. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I like the. Um, they they do this like really quick little. Okay, so I want to give the movie credit in something it tried to do, but then gave up way too fast. Right. Okay. So. The early premise of this film after Ray Liotta character is caught and is on the plane is that he is actually claiming he is not guilty, right? Yes. He's like, I didn't kill those people. I'm not guilty. I was framed, which is fine because they do a little bit at the beginning with uh, with uh, Aldo, Lieutenant Aldo, to kind of show you that maybe he's unreliable. We yeah. know that he planted evidence and he admits to it. He describes the woman that uh, Ryan Weaver should be with. And he's completely wrong. Like the woman he describes and the woman we see is completely different woman. So they kind of go out of your way to show you that maybe he is innocent. And you're like, Oh, that's going to be an interesting, like have people start just like, and then when they brought in the second uh, convict played by Brendan Gleason, but he's playing like a redneck, which is real weird is super weird. I thought maybe they would lose lights on the plane. It would be dark. And then people would start missing. And it's like, Oh, they're going to blame it on Weaver, but maybe it's Stubbs and that's going to be the mystery. And then we'll get a reveal in the very end that, oh, Ryan Weaver is a, a killer. But no, the movie literally is like, hey, I'm innocent. And you're like, oh, interesting. They're going to do a little interesting. Is he actually a killer thing? And then the next scene, he's like, yeah, I kill him. And I'll kill him all. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. That was, uh, that took away all the, yeah. every yeah. bit of like mystery gone. We don't play with shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, there it is. There you go. <laughs> it was really weird. And like, question for you. Did you feel like they were trying to force like a love thing with that uh, the, the British captain and uh, Lauren Terry, Holly or Lauren Holly's character, Terry? Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I definitely see them going out to a date. Uh, yeah, they afterwards. kind of played it up like when they ran into each other, like, oh, and I was like, all in about? on Captain Sam Bowen. <laughs> Captain Sam Bowen, the random British pilot. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just go through my notes here. 1997, by the way. Remember that? It's going to matter. Yeah. Britton Gleason playing the Southern Guys. Where to say that? A steak. Man, airlines have gone downhill. What would you like to eat? I'll have the steak. The steak? Yes. On a plane? Yeah man now you get like microwave meals at best if you get that right well i mean just think of all the uh like the fact that 
the captain takes one of their guns away just because it's not on the manifest. Yeah. That that's the only thing. It's not that guns aren't allowed on the plane. It's that they're just not on the manifest. It was still back. That was like the last rows of the era where people dressed up to get on planes. It's true. Now people wear like after September 11th. You're lucky that people, they're, you're lucky if they're dressed. <laughs> yeah. And I get it as a man who has stopped and searched every single time he gets on a plane. Well, I can't imagine why. Yeah, I wonder why. It's completely random, Brandon. Maybe it's because my face looks like this. Yeah, no, it's completely random. <laughs> I, by the way, have so never funny. been stopped I, one time. <laughs> I, I, we were flying to Cincinnati uh, a few weeks ago, and I go, oh, well, I'm going to get stopped and searched, so you know. And he's like, why? I go, I always do. I don't know. I always get stopped and searched. And they stop. They're like, hey, we're going to need you to come over here. And I look over at him because he's already passed through. This is my my boss. And they start, you know, they do a pat down of me and they get, they get personal. Oh yeah. Like what, what do you call that That's crevice crazy. of like beside your balls, you know, like that crevice oh, where your leg meets like, your, your oh, crotch man. area. I don't know what you'd call it. Like what, what side gooch? Yeah. They get up in there. They're like <laughs> whole karate chopping you up in there, man. They check it and they flip your balls to make sure nothing falls. <laughs> they have to, cause people will tuck stuff and like tuck their balls around it and hold it. And they're like, <laughs> I was like holding on to things like a like a serpent. <laughs> yeah, every time, man. Every time I get searched, I'm like, okay. And then uh, the guy's like, "Yep, hey, sorry for bothering you. You may go." I was like, okay. And I walked over there. He goes, "That was weird." I go, "Every time, man. I I don't know what it's like to get on a plane and not be searched." <laughs> and I wish I was joking, but no. Every no, single I, time, anyone that's ever flown with me can go, "Oh yeah, oh yeah," it, which is why I, I like driving places. Yeah, I mean, I honestly it would it doesn't surprise me in the least and it's not because i see you like that it's because i see what people what see. people would see <laughs> yeah. i mean you know your beard alone is automatically a giant red flag even yes. though it's just a beard i have a large hooked nose yeah. i have dark brownish skin i had well right now i'm kind of pasty for it's me the winter and i have a large long black beard um, you're one, uh, you're one a la Akbar away from yeah. being like tra- tackled. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm six two. I'm a, I'm a big dude. So like, there's also like, obviously those scans can't see like, they can't very see well, into your side gooch. Yeah. They can't see the side gooch all that well. So they're like, well, if anyone's going to hide an explosive in their crotch, it's going to be this fat fuck. <laughs> so they go over and fill me up. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, chief. That's all me. <laughs> I always make jokes. I'm like, it's because my balls are so big. They're like, those can't be real balls. Yeah, then we gotta those, we gotta check those, these out. <laughs> that guy's carrying two hand grenades around with him. He's smuggling immigrants. <laughs> I'm not talking about new hand grenades. I'm talking about those old school German World War II ones with the with the pineapple texture to them. <laughs> so yeah, every fucking time, man. It was just so funny because I called exactly what would happen, and and Blake, my boss, was like, ah, "I don't know about that," and I was like, "Oh, buddy, if you only knew." <laughs> yeah, I just um, I I like to drive places because I just don't want to deal with it because yeah, it, does, no, it doesn't it. make me feel any safer. Jesse refuses to look at the menu when he drives places, so he doesn't check to see if things are regional and just ask for food that's not <laughs> on the menu places. Though I didn't think that was a regional thing. <laughs> So our listeners know. I don't know where most of our listeners are at. I know they're all over the place. But we're in the Midwest, and in the Midwest, McDonald's carries biscuits and gravy. Yeah, it does not carry biscuits and gravy everywhere. Apparently, uh, we were just in the north side of Chicago, and they're like, "We don't have that, sir." <laughs> right? 
And he's like, uh, excuse me? Uh, yes, you do. And I was like, yeah. no, they don't have it here. That's so weird. That is one of those things I did not think would be a regional thing. It's uh, it, Well, I mean, it's a Southern thing. And we're unfortunately that state that is like literally the line of Southern and not Southern. We're, and we're right on the line. You You go from where we live. We live in the same 30 minute radius of each other. 30 minutes north and you're in the northern areas. 30 minutes south and you're in southern areas. That's true. It's just where we are. We just happen to be on that line. So we. <laughs> so anyway, uh, man, let's talk about let's let's start with the deaths. I, I really want to talk about the deaths in this movie. OK, uh, so the first death is big, giant black cop. Dude's huge. Guy's like a bodybuilder. Grand Bush is his name. Yeah. Just a huge dude. He's bringing in Stubbs, which is played by Brendan Gleeson. And that guy has to bring Brendan Gleeson to the bathroom to pee, and he gets stabbed to death with a um, soap pump. Yeah, soap dispenser. Which is like wild to think they would have a metal one of those on a plane, but I guess it is what it is. Right? There's no reason for it to be metal. Yeah. Also, do they even have that kind of – like I guess they used to, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they would have, but it it would have been plastic because the two. Well, I feel like those, in '97, those like push pumps, well, yeah, that are on the wall that put out the the pink stuff that says external use only. Like you know, you're gonna jam it up your ass or something. Somebody I always feel to. like those were already around in '97. Yeah, but I mean, even if they weren't, or if this airline wanted to be fancy, there's no reason for that to be. Uh, like, a push pump, yeah. Yeah, well, to or, be rigid. Or unscrewable for regular people to steal it. Well, yeah, or to be rigid in any way, because that's a, that little dangly bit is supposed to go down into the lower corner of the dispenser cup, you know, so you can get all the goodness out of there. Yeah. But no, apparently, whoever the hell this airline was, and I forget what it was, it, it was a made-up airline. It was a made-up airline for this, like yeah. Like TCA or something like that. Um, apparently. Not theirs. They wanted theirs to be able to be used as a weapon. I miss pink slime soap, Jesse. It's all foam soap now. Yeah, what was that scent? Oh, that's it. it was that like was scent. it had its own scent. It like, was, you, it, pink slime soap had its own smell. It, yeah, can there you was nothing else to smell like it. You need to come out with a cologne that's just. And if you smell it, it's, it's called, called pink slime. Pink soap. slime because it <laughs> yeah. was so slimy. It was. Oh, it was yeah. like. It was like the you ever watch Ghostbusters two and all the slime that's underneath the city. Uh-huh. It's that exact consistency. Yeah, you put it in your hand. You're like, did somebody spit into this? <laughs> <laughs> and like, it, yeah, it had such a weird smell. Like, not a bad smell. It was no, a smell that bad. depended on just... your mood. Sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, this smells good. And sometimes you're like, oh, yeah. gross. This smell. It was like really depending on how you felt, but it all smelled the same. Yeah, the school, it was all just the schools pink used to love that stuff. You oh, got it yeah. all the time at school it, in those little dispensers at the big metal thing and the little black button, you push it in like yep. a pea-sized dollop of oh, yeah. pink slime pops out. And it has that big warning logo, external use only. Yep. I'm like, how many people drank this soap for them to be like, oh, man, we got to put a label on this. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, people there's... out there, uh, we're in our mid-30s. If you remember pink slime soap, give us a share. For you know. sure. You know, I saw a, uh, a soap dispenser at a place I used to work at that was uh, it was in like a mechanics area and sure. it was called Husky Nut Buster. 
Husky Nutbuster. Oh, yeah, I texted a picture That's weird of it. That it's named after the exact movie I was in in college. Right. That's what I said. I texted a picture. I'm pretty of that. sure that's a move that the TSA guy used on me when he searched me. <laughs> husky Nutbuster. Yeah. Oh, for sure, it was that movie. Yeah, it was the yeah. Husky Nutbuster. I said that to the fiance. I was like, "This is my nickname in college." <laughs> Oh man. So um I gotta say, so we, we get the death that guy's death and then he kill and then he gets a gun, so he kills the other uh marshal right away. I don't even know that marshal's name. He dies so quickly it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then we lose the third marshal. This is a marshal that's that's on with uh Weaver. So then the last marshal, who seems to be the one that's kinda like got a hero moment, he's kind of there for a little bit. He lasts. But then he's like yelling for people to get back, get away. This guy's got a gun, get away, get away. And the captain comes down the stairs. He's like three steps down, immediately gets shot and killed. Yeah. One shot, dead. Yeah, just one shot. That's <laughs> crazy. And I was like, damn. And then for no real reason, other than there's a hole in a window that depressurizes the cabin. Oh my God. The, I fucking hate when that happens. Oh, and they, and they jam a, a suitcase in it to fix it, which is like, okay. <laughs> Cause we're in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the co-pilot hits his head on a steering wheel and the movie's unclear. Did he die from that? Or was he knocked out and Weaver killed him? I don't know. I don't know either. We were picking him up and put him in a bed because apparently they have a fucking bed up there in the cockpit. Uh, That I do believe, actually. It is a (laughs) long haul 747. uh, So it's the wrong model for the cockpit that we're in, but that's fine. Um, But it is made to go, you know, very long distances. So, well, it was a it was a nonstop (laughs) flight from New York to L.A. I mean, that's only like eight nine hours really <laughs> that's not that's not that far no. for an airplane that is across the country though yeah uh flight from new york to no, la stop. um most, let's most see have i'm looking at one right now that's six and a half hours long shit planes yeah. are fast now united could get you there in six look up look uh, add 1997 to it see and if it, it only costs 228 dollars. what the hell that's a really cheap flight no, if only we were in one of those places. Uh, let's see here. 747-200, which I think is what the plane was. Um, I'm going to let, I'm going to believe you on that one. Flight for, well, I, it was, the thing is it's a, it's a 747 and I don't remember if the cockpit is the, is like a 747-400 and the plane is a 200 or if it's vice versa. I don't remember, but it was one or the other. Also, I'm not going to shit on a pilot here because that seems like a really hard job. But uh, those instructions, if those are accurate instructions, doesn't seem that hard. Uh, the final Boeing 737 flight QF-12 departed New York for Los Angeles at 725 p.m. on Friday, August 31st, flying just over five hours from coast to coast. That was faster. Yeah. Air traffic has gotten slower. Those were those were big ass planes, man. Interesting. Those Interesting. were the ones. I mean, all those planes were two deck planes. That was, I mean, that um, was crazy. Okay, okay. They had crew sleeping quarters in those planes. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it was double. It was also two stories. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I gotta say though, like it didn't seem that hard for her to do all the stuff she needed to do. 
Like the the landing and everything was whatever. I get that, but like the fact that she was able to turn that thing around and do it means that it wasn't all that difficult. Well, see, the thing is, she they relied very heavily on the autopilot, and that was one of the first planes to have a pretty advanced autopilot in that aspect. Uh, Technically, nowadays, yeah, a plane could theoretically just land itself with autopilot it's it's not they're very they're very smart and they know exactly where they are and how fast and everything like that so unless there's a ford jammed on the wheel yeah 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 it's one problem i think it's a ford (laughs) Uh, all right so so, uh after they shoot that uh truck off the plane, you know, with a what incredibly I can only accurate without damaging the landing gear, without an with, yeah, with an incredibly accurate twenty millimeter, I think probably cannon that's made to take down other planes on yeah. what looked like maybe an F fifteen Eagle. I don't, I couldn't really tell. Um, yeah, no damage, no damage at all. So the um, basically the way that I look at it is that who we refer to as Moon Dog. In the movie, um, you know, the pilot who obviously wasn't Moondog, because if you read the side of his jet and the side of his helmet, it says hammer. Yeah. Dumbasses. <laughs> Apparently, he I was a really good there. fucking shot. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Right. Is his last name Moondog? Am I getting confused here? I didn't know no. what was going on there. I didn't yeah. even bother no. writing it down because I thought I did something wrong. Nope. His call sign was hammer. Okay. Nice. And that guy's just a nice making guy, shit but up. He also disobeyed direct orders. He he's getting course marshaled, probably. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just like Although, the last movie we watched. That being said, he is. He did he, see. That's the thing, though. He didn't technically disobey an order. Uh, he was told to shoot the play down while it was not over residential areas. Correct, but he was told that by an FBI official. Oh yeah, he has no. He's yeah, not he his no, commanding officer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah he disobeyed a superior, but it wasn't an officer. It wasn't a you know anyone in charge of him technically. So I would say Tapeburn Brooks have more uh, more sway in that situation. Yeah, so he probably is not going to be in trouble for that. Yeah, but like that's not guy. I didn't know what he's talking about. I did fine. Yeah. <laughs> Get those civilians out of my out of my uh, airport. And then we see uh, after that, we see Weaver lock up all the all the side characters because we don't need a, We don't need a cast. We just need a yeah. few people, no. which like considering how beat the fuck everyone was after like the little bit of turbulence from the depressurization. I would like to imagine those people got completely fucking destroyed in that little <laughs> cockpit. They were jammed in whenever that plane was yeah. turning over and yeah. over again. Let me, uh, let me see if I can find a picture of that for you. What it's upside um, down. No, of the crew quarters in a seven forty seven. Oh Oh my God. It's gotta be, it's gotta be two people big. Um, it probably has a bunk, a military style bunk bed, I would imagine, and then like probably a seating area to help you put on your shoes or something. All right, yeah, let's see here. And there uh, were, let's see, the two old people, the kid. Uh, there's a video of it, but not the guy with the sling. Oh, here we go. And the girl flight attendant and the guy flight attendant. So there were six people. Wait, one, two. There were six people jammed in there. All right, there you go. That's at the very top of the stairs, by the way. There's no landing there. You just stairs and boom, what you're looking at. There's four four cots huh. side by side. 
So and that curvature is the top of the plane. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> old lady and young old man probably laid down. I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. And then guy with sling on his arm probably got to lay down because he was injured. So then the last little bed over there was probably given to, I imagine the female flight attendant, because that would be the, you know, standard, like uh, the rule of manners. So sitting on the floor was probably male flight attendant and kid. Yeah. Skateboard kid. Probably. So, when that thing flipped, those old people slammed into that roof. Yeah, oh, they all slammed into that roof. They got they and they came back down probably on that metal. On those dividers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes. <laughs> those are, that's some pain <laughs> happening. And you so. see how you see obviously how cushy those mattresses are. Yeah, the, it looks like a a bedroll. Yeah. Man, well, you know, they made it out okay in the end. <laughs> yeah. By the way, a seven forty seven can't fly upside down. I'm gonna say this. Christopher Nolan has admitted that he stole some of the ideas for Inception from a Donald Duck comic, right? Okay. I think he stole the rotating hallway fight from this. Because <laughs> it's very similar, is it not? Yeah. It, Obviously, it, he made it way better and he made it more interesting. But the rotating hallway aspect of it, him, the Weaver and, and Terry fight in the on the plane while it's fucking spiraling. And it happens. So I got to say, I think I think Christopher Nolan has seen this film. Yep. I believe it. Sorry. I want to talk about the death of Maggie for a second. Okay. Holy shit. Why was it so long a graphic? Uh, I mean, we had to uh, we had to show that Weaver was, in fact, batshit insane. Oh, yeah. And a brutal murderer. And uh, poor Maggie just seemed like. A really normal woman, <laughs> you know, usually whenever it's someone like that, they give you a reason to go. It's OK. She's dead, especially in like 90s films. Right. She had she was a good person. Yeah, she was really nice and sweet. She cared about other people. She was lonely. Because she did like puzzles by herself and stuff, but like, I don't know, it, it almost made more sense to kill off Betty. Because they kind of played with the idea that Betty was kind of a like you know slutty and back then yeah that was punishable by death have you ever <laughs> dated a criminal yeah she's like oh yeah i dated a guy as a criminal and it's like okay whatever i mean i've, I've dated a criminal <laughs> it happens it, you know right. there's a lot of things are crimes technically we're criminals jesse what i mean we, I don't we disobey a certain law pretty often <laughs> i I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I, I was ride, way cooler I ride the than it is straight and narrow. What it is now. <laughs> I ride the straight and narrow. Oh, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, if one of us got a peg leg and an eye patch, it wouldn't be that big of a surprise. I'm a legitimate businessman. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> hey, Jesse, how did I watch this movie? I don't know. I would assume you got it from a legitimate streaming service of oh, which you pay for. Service, is it? <laughs> You're going to be surprised about the next film. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Jesse's a pirate. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I like that um, Ray Liotta is actually pretty good in this. He's like chewing the scenery hardcore. And when he's faking it, like talking to her through the door, he's really hamming it up. I actually right. kind of liked that. That was so cool. When he like acts like surprised, like, oh. Oh, the you know. dead? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. 
Oh no, our table. It's broken. Yeah, I did. Uh, I enjoyed his character, to be completely honest. I mean, he was just crazy. He was a psychopath. Yeah. They did. They it was interesting because they played him so intelligent and suave at the beginning. And then he declines into practically a, a joker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I got to say, Lauren Holly, I don't think she's bad in this. But she comes off kind of like dumb from time to time. Yes. Because they constantly have her being like, what? How do I do that? But then she's like figuring out like whenever she's like, can you talk faster, please? And she's figuring out the stuff really quick. I'm like, make up your mind. Right. Like, it's okay for this woman to be not knowing what's going on. That's fine. She wouldn't know. But it's also okay for her to know. Just don't go back and forth like you don't know what you want her to be. One of the hardest things about navigating the cockpit in one of those planes is that everything's a fucking abbreviation. Yeah. Once you know the abbreviations and you get your, the basics down, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not, but the abbreviations are probably one of the harder things for a normal person to understand. I mean, I got to say, if I had a uh, old Ben Cross, what was the, his name? Captain, Captain Sam Bowen, I think. Yes, yeah, Sam if I, Bowen. If I had him as my teacher, I think I can learn pretty quickly. He was really good at explaining everything. Yeah. So I'll give him that. He was. <clears throat> so anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's that's the death. And then, of course, we get the death of Ray Liotta at the end. And, uh, like, not a surprise at all situation. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, let's talk about a few of the other characters that we run into. Uh, Doctor Lieutenant Aldo Hines, the cop who arrested him, who is kind of uh, a fame whore. Yeah, a little bit. They play with that and then don't do anything with it beyond that, which I find kind of interesting. Like, make him kind of more bad or make him more good. But, like, again, they just... This whole movie toes lines and never makes a decision where yeah. they want to go. Yeah. Uh, Brooks and Taper, the uh, flight control people, I like both of them. I thought they were good. Uh, did you rec- recognize Taper from a previous film we've done? Yeah, she's on uh, Con Air. She is. She's, so she's done two plane crisis films, at least. <laughs> awesome. I bet that'll come into play later when we play a certain game. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and then we meet John Finn's FBI agent, Frank. Uh, what was it? Uh, FBI agent is, oh gosh, I got to find him on here. Oh, I don't actually have him up here. Sinclair. Sinclair. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's in there. Uh, basically just to be kind of a proto antagonist. You know, they did that classic, uh, he's a good guy, but a bad guy for the film thing, you know? Right. And like, again, we, we've seen that character a million times, the pencil pusher type. We've seen them. It, it, it there's nothing original in this film. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, not really. No, uh, there's nothing groundbreaking. None of the acting is spectacular. The reason this movie probably like I will say this, though. And this kind of goes to do with the age in 97 when we were getting the movies we were getting. This movie probably came off really bad, but now it was kind of refreshing just to get a quick story with the beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> right. No continuation, <laughs> no after credits bullshit, nothing. It was just like, <laughs> here it is. This is it. This is our character. They're doing this. And this is the this is what we gotta get through. Yep. And even like the I see it a mile away, sappy, happy ending was like, okay, 
I'm fine with this. I, right. I didn't care. All the loose ends are are tied yeah. up. It, and they could have easily had her shoot him in the chest and him fall and then come back out and do a last final scare. You know, they could have done a lot of that stuff. They just were like, we're not pushing any envelopes. Right. These envelopes are staying still. <laughs> right. It, the I, only mystery in this entire film is when he locks the people in that room, he says he killed them. And we're like, well, did he? Right. And yeah, you never see him go back to the room. Yeah, so but, we don't yeah, know, but he's like, also down there moving bodies around, setting them up in a dinner. So right. the guy is nuts. <laughs> that was a weird moment too, by the way. You like, know what why it re- did he do that? You know what it reminded me of though? If he had just sat down and like had a conversation with him, uh Jason Momoa, Momoa from yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the same feeling. <laughs> she gets down there and there's like a huge giant Christmas feast. I'm like, who the fuck was this for? There are eight people on the plane. Yep. I was like ten total or something like that. It's like who was this for? Who was this giant meal for? Yeah, he Did some, he make this? He had spare time, I guess. <laughs> like I was so confused. There was like a whole spiral cut ham. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> oh, First off, if it was there, who for who? <laughs> and if it wasn't there and he made it, why? Because <laughs> yeah. he didn't eat any of it. He just partied with some dead bodies for a few minutes. They carried that bottle of champagne everywhere he went. Yeah, that that was the longest running bottle of champagne I've ever seen. I really thought it was going to be broken and used to kill him because it's like, why do we keep zooming in on this champagne? Why does he keep carrying it with him everywhere? But he drops it at one point, like when he finally gets to her and it never comes back. I go, wow, that was a weird prop to carry through this film. Right. But well, it's whatever. Yeah. Hey. Also, there's a scene in this. I don't know why it bothered me. But did you notice that when she walked out into the uh, area where everyone should have been, like the, the seating area, the plane is a mess because it, it are, had already barrel rolled and there's stuff everywhere, right? Okay. She picks up a single blanket and then stows it in the overhead compartment and then it goes <laughs> back to what she was doing. She doesn't clean anything else up. There's no explanation of why she picked up this blanket. It was very weird. I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know... <sighs> If the <laughs> if the movie seemed more thought out, I probably would have said that it was a trauma response and she's going back to what she knows. But then she should have done it more. She They could have had her cleaning yeah. up more. I would have been like, oh, okay, she's just to regain control. Yeah, that's what I would say. But then, you know, being that I know that's not the case, <laughs> I don't I don't have an answer. I, I think it was just a one off. So how do you how do you find his questioning of her where he was like asking her weird questions? I liked that scene. That was a really good scene. I enjoyed that I, a lot. I liked the second the first half I thought was pretty smooth. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I like the whole he's trying to like in that scene, you almost feel like he's trying to identify with her a little bit. Well, because he she is a smart person around and he thinks he is like reading them, but he's not doing a good job at all. Yeah. It's almost as if he wants her to be as smart as he is, but knows that there's no way that's possible. I did like when we were finally learned that there was like a lower level to fuck with stuff, but he goes and pulls out like four chips, burns himself and then <laughs> slams an ax through a window and goes, well, I'm done here. So if you're going to, if you were going to really, honestly, if you really wanted to crash that ship, you were, you had it. Yeah. There was a bundle of wires right above his head. Just swing that axe right at that. Yeah, and there's also there's bottles of alcohol there. Set a fire. Yeah. He set a fire later. And then that, by the way, 
that fire was made to kind of smoke her out, but was never taken care of. Right. <laughs> so, so it's like, was a plate on fire the entire time? Like, what's going on? Yeah. The only time we even see the fire signature, which is one of those old school 90s massive ones, you know? Oh, yeah. Those geez. like three foot ones. And she sprays that and then she clonks him upside the head with it. Yeah. Which, which doesn't knock him out for very long. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Oh, did you like the Japanese businessmen out of nowhere doing karaoke? In the top of the hotel? Yeah. That was funny. I don't know why it was funny to me. I was like, boy, that's a callback to whenever it's like, oh, Japanese businessmen are always funny. Yeah. And always doing karaoke. Always doing karaoke. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. Throw them in doing karaoke. It's hilarious. Yep. And I was like, yep, there it oh, is. Oh, look, they're singing I, American songs. Ah. Yeah. With a really thick accent. It's really kind of <laughs> offensive. But hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. just like the uh, Carl. When we first meet Carl, it was just like an average younger black man who was a, stu- uh, a steward or a air flight, air flight attendant, whatever you want to call him. And then he like puts on a Santa hat and he's just like, girl. And he's just giving us the most stereotypical over the top, <laughs> like gay stereotypes. I'm like, yikes. And he's like, <laughs> he's doing the, the like classic limp wrist thing. And it's like, come on, man. Like I get it was 97. I guess it was still like, you could still make fun of that stuff and it wasn't a yeah. problem, but like it felt, it felt, it aged poorly. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Very poorly. A little bit. Uh, uh, do you have any other interesting notes? I have a bunch of things that offended me. <laughs> oh, I would love to hear it. I, Jesse's, Jesse's, <laughs> these are wrong. This is the um wrong. actually segment of, of Jesse. There were, it is. Well, there was a gun, so it there is. might be an um actually there. Uh, so there, we'll see. there wasn't. I mean, Whoa, there's not an um actually on the gun. I, they, they didn't use them long enough for it to be necessary. Okay. Well, there's only three shots fired in the whole movie, I think. Four. Right. And there's only a couple guns. Um, yeah. So, little things. Um. <laughs> whenever the, there's one part where the cot, uh, the co-pilot engages the autopilot and then leaves the cockpit. And mm-hmm. when he leaves the cockpit, the plane starts going up. You can see the yokes go back and the yeah. nose of the plane starts gaining altitude. However, at one point, he lunges forward and he's looking at the front of the plane. Yeah. So that, that doesn't work physically. If it's gaining altitude, you're gonna you're gonna fall back. You're gonna lean back, yeah. Yeah. So that uh. there's that. Um, no, the the plane wasn't scraped at all from crashing into a building, into the hotel. Um, you know, there, once you see it like emerge, there's no scrapes on the bottom of the plane. Yeah. Well, I mean, the plane crashed into a car, drug it off a concrete building, then got nice. blasted off with a rocket, and no damage was yeah. done. This plane is so this plane resilient. Is indestructible. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, for instance, when we, uh, you know, the, the big movie trope that I hate whenever they punch a hole in the side of a plane and all the pressure Everything goes out because we're in space. Out, yeah. Uh, when that happened, the oxygen masks didn't fall from the ceiling. Oh, hey, which is right. one of the situations where an oxygen mask would fall from the fucking ceiling. However, they fall later on just because of a power surge. I will give them this. No one was being sucked out the hole. Thank it was God. like just windy, which is more accurate. Yeah. And those um, movies where it's like pulling seats off the ground and stuff is like, no. Yeah. And then when, when she blocks that hole, by the way, 
with just a suitcase. So as soon as a- as soon as the hole gets as soon as the hole happens, the autopilot turns off. The plane starts to go go down. Yeah, which it is legit. A little bit longer to de- to pressurize the cabin. Yeah, I mean, it, as soon as there was any kind of alarm, the autopilot would have been you know disabling, and the a plane is going to go down. That's just the way it works. It naturally they don't stay level. Um, however, as soon as she plugs the hole, the autopilot turns back on and levels off the plane. It, do, it doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> you have to hit this, that button. This is almost as magical autopilot as the inflatable autopilot from it's, the movie Airplane. Exactly. <laughs> Only you don't have to blow it to inflate yeah. it. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Same basic situation or same basic uh, area of the plane. When um, Stubbs is threatening to open the side door of the plane and throw the bat, throw the marshal out. Yeah. Good luck stubs because yeah, those doors there. during flight take roughly a thousand pounds to open two inches which is always funny that when you get on a plane and they make you set in the emergency exit they're like will you do that and i'm like lady i couldn't do that if i wanted to right those doors were never made to open during flight during flight if you need to escape the plane you have got way bigger problems than going out that door you yeah. know so yeah they're made to pop off whenever you land or crash but not in the middle not in the middle of flight doesn't work yeah. that way um let's see this one's a procedural thing i could be wrong but i i played a lot of microsoft light simulator in my day oh yeah <laughs> fucking nerd <laughs> well you know uh but if i remember correctly okay when when the hull gets breached okay uh-huh. the co-pilot declares an emergency which is correct he gets on a radio an emergency emergency whatever um and then he requests permission to descend and air traffic control comes back and says to maintain altitude due to traffic below. Uh-uh. That's not how that works. Yeah. In the case of an emergency, the pilot is the one who's calling the shots. Air traffic control is there to make sure that he can do what he needs to do. In that situation, he would have descended, told air traffic control of the emergency, and they would have cleared traffic for him. That's their okay. job. <laughs> they they're there to manage the traffic. Like in general, if you have an emergency, you are more important than anyone else they are dealing with. So that that would not have worked out that way. Hmm. Um, and then the last one, and this is a biggie for me. I I mentioned it earlier. The seven forty seven. It can't fly inverted. It if you did a super super fast barrel roll, maybe. But probably not because the number one, um, it cannot maintain vertical flight because of this body shape uh, or inverted flight because of his body shape. It it will mm. not stay level. Number well, two, it, like, it's flying for a while up straight right, upside down. Right. And that's actually the biggest problem. The tanks, the fuel tanks on a 747 are not made for inverted flight. So the engines will flame out after being inverted. They they'll hmm. run out of gas, and the way a jet engine oh. works is if it runs out of fuel, it this is not a turn the key and you know jiggle the pedal kind of a restart. Yeah. Jet engines, if they run out of fuel, it takes a hot minute for them to come back because the fuel has to be pumped back into the engine. So, so they would have already been they would have already they, went into free fall. More than likely, that plane would have crashed the second it flipped over because it would have not only been inverted, so it was already predisposed to going down, but then the engines would have flamed out a few seconds later, causing it to lose all momentum. 
and it's already going nose down, it would have immediately just 90 degree right into the ground. Mm. It w- it would have saved on a lot of burial costs. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I got. There's my um actuallys. <laughs> well, I will say like, and I know that the the knowledge. Uh, I I feel like it, when it comes into the world of um, movie make believe, right? You obviously we're we're nitpicking. We say yes, it all the time. We like, are. obviously guys when we nitpick. You can't actually hold that against the films most of the time because no. films are films. But if there's anything that they just erroneously always are wrong about, it's medical procedures <laughs> and airplane procedures. And like, what airplanes can do. So yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Every, like, every time I time, see an man. oxygen mask on a person, I go, nope. <laughs> yeah. Not a thing. That will kill them, <laughs> especially if they're sleeping with one. I go, cool. That's going to be great carbon monoxide poisoning you're getting, buddy. Right. But it's whatever. All right. Well, Jesse, uh, I think we should play our game. Uh, Flight two uh, coming in. Uh, This is your uh, captain's vegan. Let's see if we can get uh, five degrees of uh, Joe Morton. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Joe Morton. Whose turn is it? It is your turn. It is my turn. All right, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I got morning. it in two. Ooh, okay. Um, I did. I I'll admit I did not try as hard as I should have. I really was like stuck on Brendan Gleeson for a while, but I could not make a connection. So I ended up going with Rachel the Cotton, who played uh, Taper, the air traffic controller, the Hispanic woman, who was okay. also in Con Air. She's the um, she's the only female cop on the plane that. Johnny 26 keeps threatening to, you know, do bad things too. And uh, she was in that with John Malkovich. John Malkovich was, of course, in Mice of Men with Joe Morton. Very nice. So that, that was my end two. I got it in one. Ooh, a rare <laughs> Jesse win. <laughs> so there was a movie once with a Mr. Ray Liotta mm-hmm. called The Line. Came out in 2009. The line. 2009. Mm-hmm. About the Ooh. Tijuana drug cartel. Yeah. They had Andy right, Garcia, and Ray Liotta, and Joe, Joe Morton. Morton. <laughs> Was Joe Morton a doctor or a military man? Oh, God. Uh, I think he was a doctor. No. Ooh. No, he was, he was military. Well, I think he was maybe... He was one of the three-lettered agencies, I think. Oh, okay. Well, that 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 counts. <laughs> yeah, would you count that as military? Does he die? I don't think so. Uh, it's a long see. time since I've seen the movie. He plays Hodges. Well, yes. if it's just a last name, it's a good chance that he is, in fact, military of some <laughs> yeah, sort. Yeah, exactly. I think he was uh, CIA or something like that. Oh, boy. This character is obviously not very important to the film. No, no, it's not. No, but he's in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is about the hunting of Pablo Escobar. Yes. Ah, yeah. This movie came out in Spanish called La Lania. Yep. 
Interesting. Okay. I have never seen this film. I know of it because, uh, oh man, what's his name? Danny Trejo's in it. I know that. Yep. Uh, I remember watching a really young guy playing Pablo Escobar in it. And it makes no sense because he would not be that young. Yeah. I, I remember watching it because I liked Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, our favorite fictional president right now. Yeah. If, if a better fictional president shows up in one of our movies, we'll, we'll elect a new president. But right now, Andy Garcia is our fictional president. Thank you, Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> you know why he's the coolest fictional president? Because his vice president keeps a fucking bazooka in the trunk. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he He's packing. A loose bazooka, by the way. A oh, yeah, just rattling bazooka. around back there. Yeah, just rolling around with a fucking armed torpedo in there, man. <laughs> uh, Andy Garcia. That's my president. <laughs> you know, there's a English for aviation thing here. That's, I found a website that's literally just um, speeches from captains. How oh, to, really? Yeah, just how to, how to you know, talk to your, talk to your passengers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good morning. This is the, your captain speaking. I have some information more about our, more, uh, uh, information about our uh, flight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> this is your captain speaking. Our and, uh, flight uh, will be landing at uh, <laughs> O'Hare in about uh, 30 minutes, so make sure to... Uh, <laughs> the weather uh, on our route is uh, good. The temperature at our destination is now... 30 degrees celsius with clear sky um, celsius yeah well it's celsius get here. out of here <laughs> <laughs> is that hot or cold <laughs> 30 celsius what is i think that's the that, mild <laughs> i think that's around yeah, 62 I that's degrees like, i think that's like yeah yeah I, i'm pretty sure that's like a nice day 30 Celsius to Fahrenheit is 86 degrees. That's a, bit a, little, warm. a little warm, a little warm, a little warm, a yeah. <laughs> little bit warm, but not very warm. All right. Oh, there's one for depressurization. Oh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't mind your uh, <laughs> passengers that got sucked outside of the plane. <laughs> there was a uh, pay no attention. There was a uh, stray bullet that uh, hit a window and that blew out a uh, eight by fifteen spot on the wall somehow. So uh, just watch out for that if you don't mind, and make sure to keep your belt buckled and uh, keep your armrest down. We're uh, <laughs> sorry for the discomfort that our sudden. Descent has caused. You may now take off your uh, oxygen masks. You may breathe oh, normally. Uh, <laughs> is there one for if a lady shits down the entire plane? Would that Will be a bomb? Would that be a bomb threat? <laughs> <laughs> or about that poor lady? Emergency landing slash ditching. <laughs> Changing. Oh man! Around Did the movie plane fail? Say what? The, the movie Plane Plane? Fail. Yeah, it came out this year. Oh, was that Jerry with Jerry Butler? Butler? Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's, know, honestly. I Oh dang. Budget of twenty five million, it made seventy five million. Good for them, first off, because I really enjoyed that film actually. It's not like a like, oh man, what a great film, but like I had a blast. Okay. It's just a fun film. Well, it's got a seventy eight percent. It's it's fine. That movie's fine. I was just like, that would be a fun film to do. It, it actually made money. 
one of the few films this year that made money. Well, good for them. Well, it's not a good, not a good year for, uh, for films. All right. Well, Jesse, uh, we played our game. So, uh, uh, Jesse, uh, don't say this word on a plane. Uh, should it, uh, explosive device? One, two, three, four. I hope the movie old fails as good as I hope it does. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense, Brandon. I hope it goes. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, well, fuck precaution and fuck you. <laughs> I don't think it should have. I have a question. I just realized what? Who's the better fictional president, Andy Garcia or Kevin James? Uh, I forgot we did do Pixel. I mean, I would be less intimidated and scared of Kevin James, but I think that's a problem. So I would still go with Andy Garcia. All right, all right, that's fair enough. That was kind of my argument too. Yeah, I respect. I like Kevin James. Seems like a nice guy. Seems like a cool guy to hang out with. But I have a little more like maybe co- maybe respect. I don't. I hate using yeah. that word because it sounds like I don't respect Kevin James, but I do. Maybe vice He's- president for Kevin James. Yeah. Oh man, what a fun vice. Right? He keep Gandy Garcia in check on the human angle. Oh yeah. And if he falls down a lot, it would be funny, you know? Yeah, yeah. And anyway. he could I feel like he would be the kind of guy to keep a uh loaded RPG rattling around in the trunk of his car. Oh yeah. Kevin oh, James. 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. They're right. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I agree though. I don't think it should have failed. Honestly, it's one of those movies that it's not good by any means, but there's nothing in this movie. Uh, and again, we're looking at it. Oh my god! Twenty six years later. Ugh. That's <laughs> so, gross. Yeah. How would you say that? It, we're looking at it very far from when it came out. Of the time, it probably didn't look as good as other films coming out. We were about to hit nineteen ninety nine, one of the best years in film. Yeah, coming up here. So, like, I can understand why this movie probably was kind of pale in comparison 97 had a great year too by the way but like i will say that if this movie had just a little more work to it if somebody said hey let's take a risk anywhere and do some suspense then this movie would have been great i ray liotta's fun lauren holly was fun i don't i don't think there's any issue with any of that so that's where i am with it so yeah i don't think you should have failed her either and i'm happy that it did well enough on home video to get a bunch of sequels because this is the kind of movie that you watch with your dad you know yeah like if this comes on a, on a, on tv it, it's like uh next to kin with patrick swayze you know you're like <laughs> what is this and then you watch it, you go, that wasn't that. I mean, that was terrible, but also not bad at all. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I wasn't bored. Like, no, I, I never got bored. Nope. I never got bored, which. Of course, we've done this a little advanced because Christmas is coming up, guys. Yeah. So the next movie. Boy, 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 boy. I'm in a good mood right now. So just wait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, you know what? Let's not. Let's pull the band-aid off. Tell people what I've been fearing. What is next week? All of us, you know, lined up, looking at it. Magnificent meat, really. Beautifully marbled. Next thing, they're throwing in the meat into the bee, these big cauldrons. All of it. Boiling it. I looked inside, man. It was turning gray. That was from Apocalypse Now, 1979. That was from Apocalypse Now. I, yeah. I knew exactly where that was from. Yeah. Uh, the next movie, however, is that 
big slab of gray fucking meat. Uh, the Nutcracker, the untold story from 2010. A movie funded by Vladimir Putin. <laughs> I'm not fucking joking. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> we will talk about <laughs> it. This movie was funded by one of the country's biggest villains right now, which is probably why you can't fucking find the movie anywhere. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm happy we pirated. Fuck you, Putin. Yeah, fucking <laughs> weird creep. You got a little high-pitched weird voice, and it's odd to me, and I don't like it. You're like, ah, yeah, I'm a big tough guy. You're like, oh, no, you're not, you fucking weird baldo. Brandon Olds disappeared the next day. <laughs> oh, well, I feel bad for Brandon Olds. Oh, <laughs> that's a yeah, mutual Brandon, friend of ours. Yeah, Brandon Olds. Why did I say Brandon Olds? Brandon, we have the same friend. Olds, are you thinking of me? <laughs> uh, Brandon Olds. We uh, find out tomorrow Brandon Olds has been missing right? in like, Russia, by the way. I need to reach out to the dude. I haven't talked to him uh, forever. Yeah, he's probably in Russia. Don't gone. Oh. Sorry, I'm sorry I blew your cover. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Nutcracker in 3D, uh, sometimes called the Nutcracker, the untold story. It just. Uh, what a, <laughs> you know, Santa sometimes delivers a lump of coal, but this is a lump of shit. This is like I would rather the Grinch take this away. It was uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get I, it. I don't want to we'll go too far it. into it. I'll talk about uh, it. The hard, this is the hardest part about doing multiple episodes is not not talking about the, the stinkers. When listen, they show if you guys up. ever were like, I don't know if I want to listen to the next episode, this movie may, it rivals and may be worse than Cats. <laughs> it's up there. And Cats is my least favorite movie we've ever done. Uh, yeah. This is, this, time will tell. <laughs> because... I feel like I've been able to show clips of cats and laugh at it with like with like meow. Yeah, meow. <laughs> like I I still laugh at that. It's funny to me. But like I don't know if I show someone this movie, it's only to offend them. <laughs> so anyway. So you're gonna want to catch week, that episode for sure. Yeah, next week's Nutcracker in 3D with Elle Fanning and John Turturro and Nathan Lane is fucking Albert Einstein for some fucking reason. Uh <laughs> Let's let's talk about what what what's about good things, Jesse. What are you watching? Do I know they're bad? Yes, I know they're bad. Do I accept that they're bad? Yes, I accept that they're bad. 1999's The Astronaut's Wife. What are you watching? Well, uh, I decided that I would talk about a couple Christmas movies that I love. And I'm not uh, I'm not a Christmas traditionalist. I'll say that I'm not a big like, oh, man, you got to love Christmas music, Christmas this. But I will give you because with video games, I'm playing the same old shit, you know, but I will go into two Christmas movies that I watch during the Christmas season and some Christmas music I like to maybe add to your Christmas mix. And they kind of combine. So I got to say. For Christmas movies, there are two movies, and these aren't necessarily like critically acclaimed movies. Some of them actually have pretty low ratings. My first two uh, Christmas movies I want to suggest are Adam Sandler's Eight Crazy Nights. It's <laughs> a good one. Just a good animated movie about Hanukkah and Christmas and, and dealing with loss and yeah. like depression during the Christmas time. Very interesting. I think a little bit ahead of its time. I think it kind of yes. got thrown into a spot where people were expecting like a Christmas, like a sappy Christmas story and it's kind of vulgar. So it just came off wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoy it. And 
if you want to really spice up your Christmas mix, add the soundtrack to it. Yeah. It's a solid soundtrack. That, that's one of those movies that's on my watch every year list. I oh, didn't think really? there was anyone else like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That is a good movie, man. I, I love it. And my other Christmas movie, because I'm going to do two this one, I'll do two in the next episode, is one of my personal favorites. Again, a movie that's kind of considered bad, but I think I think that on rewatch, a lot of people change their mind and actually enjoy it. And that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's Jingle All the Way. <laughs> that's a bomb in the air. <laughs> Put that cookie down. <laughs> Oh, Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And a Christmas what more do you film, need? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger yelling at Phil Hartman to put that cookie down. <laughs> just absolutely love it. Yeah. I got to get the Turbo Man doll. <laughs> it's just, my God. I it is, talk, I, it's such a good movie. If the, I, that movie made a bunch of money, but man, I, I, if it does, if it did fail, we, we got to do it at some point. Cause God, I love it. I don't think, I don't think it did. I can't you look up Jingle. Away. I'm going to look up eight crazy nights. Okay. See if either of these failed. Hang on. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine that Jingle All the Way failed. Not with the cast. No. I mean, we've seen some crazy casts. Uh, eh, let's see, its budget was sixty million. Yeah, no, it made that it made sixty million back US Canada. Doubled it on the worldwide. Oh, so okay, yeah. So it made 180 million. 120. Or 120 million. Yeah. So yeah, it's a success. Yeah. But you know what wasn't a success? The thirty-four million budget, eight crazy nights that only made twenty-three point eight million. Hey, look at that! So add it to the list. We have a Christmas movie. So we're running low on Christmas films, so yeah, we were. I think uh, this is the second we've added live, with the first one being Reindeer Games. Yep, got it. All right, uh, and then as far as Christmas music goes, in my household growing up. Uh, maybe it was because my mother was a fan and I'm also a fan, but the Muppets were a big part of our like Christmas season oh, yeah. and Muppet Christmas Carol. I don't need to tell you guys to watch uh, that film. You all know it's and and we, we did the review of Christmas Carol last year. I loved it. I actually put it into my mix. I watched it this year and it made me cry again. It made me tear up again. Yeah. I like it. I, I actually like it. And Muppet Christmas Carol is very good. And the soundtrack is fantastic. And if you want to add Christmas cheer to your soundtrack, that's just fun and it's different. And it's not the same old white Christmas bullshit. Put the, put Adam Sandler's eight crazy nights in there and put the Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, soundtrack. Hell yeah. There's one more sleep to Christmas. It's fantastic. Evening magic in the air. Yeah. <laughs> just so super good. fun. Oh man. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol, another one. And honestly, I think it's my favorite Christmas Carol. Oh, it's my favorite Christmas Carol by far. Yeah, just so good. Michael Caine and the Muppets. Like and the Michael lamp, Caine not the rat. So like the lamp, not, not the rat. <laughs> Rizzo. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, some of the lines delivered in there, just delivered by Michael Caine, is so good. <laughs> right. But, sir, some would rather die than let them. <laughs> And be fast with it and decrease the surplus population. And then when we get that ghost of Christmas, they're going to uh, die, then they present. better do it. Ho, ho, ho. Let's hope he dies soon. <laughs> also, uh, Marley and Marley. Oh, Ooh. yes. <laughs> Such a good song. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think Marley and Marley might be my favorite song in there just because I love Statler Waldorf anyway. Oh, but, yeah. Like, it's fun seeing them. Uh, Marley and Marley. I'm going to have this stuck in my fucking head, man. 
But yeah, that's my suggestion for music. That's my suggestion for movies. And as video games go, uh, nothing new's come out that I want to play. I saw some trailers I want to play. Obviously, I want to play uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 when it comes out. That RoboCop game is on my list. I got to get to it eventually. Yeah, I got games listed, but I'm just I'm slow at games, guys. So give me a give me a break. <laughs> uh, Jesse, what are you watching? Do you got Christmas stuff for us or just whatever? I do. I have one Christmas uh, one Christmas movie. Um, Violent Night. That's a oh, newer one. Fantastic. David yeah. Harbour you know, as, what, last uh, year. Yes, David Harbour as Santa Claus. Um, I I remember when I went to go see it in theaters because the fiance and I went to this is this is the this is the age of our souls. We went to Branson. Branson, Missouri, on a weekend vacation. You didn't take uh, the wrong turn and go to Bronson, did you? We did not. Hey, mama, I want the cookie. <laughs> so no dice. We this went. ain't over. <laughs> we went to Bronson. Simpsons joke for anyone out there. And we went uh, to Silver Dollar City. God, how, you guys are so white. In the, early in the morning, we got there before it opened. We played checkers watching people. We uh-huh. left there by 11 o'clock because we were tired and done and went to a matinee movie of Violent Night and uh-huh. then went back to the hotel room. Hold on. Can I guess where you had dinner? Sure. Dixie Stampede. No. <laughs> all right, all right. You're not that white. Okay. No, no. We did. Shorty I Smalls. have never gone to Dixie Stampede. Oh, I've been. No, I go to Starvin' Marvin's for breakfast every time. Starvin' Marvin's there. is fantastic. <laughs> right? Also, Grandpa's Pancake House. Good yeah. shit. Yeah. By the way, if you live in Missouri, you've been to Branson. You've been to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, they pretty much force you it's to go It's where at all some your point. grandparents take you for trips. <laughs> right. Um, so we did all that. Go to Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. We got back to the hotel room about six o'clock and passed out. People are like, what the fuck is Silver Dollar City? (laughs) (laughs) Silver Dollar City is a theme park based on the gold rush. The old frontier (laughs) times. And there's like blacksmith making shit and like. Where else can I? Yeah. Where else can you get? corn everywhere. Yeah. And if you go during Christmas, which is what we usually what we did. If you go during Christmas, they got the wassail. Remember? I, oh, the wassail. I don't even yeah. know if that's how you actually say it. That's just how everybody there says it because yeah. we're uncultured, just just a bunch also, of white people. If you but, are a Christmas person, <laughs> Branson at Christmas time has some of the best light displays in the country. No joke. Silver Dollar City's tree is pretty damn breathtaking, to be honest. But what's that? What's that one? Uh, it's like something. It's a. It's a. Tr- it's owned by a church, and it's like an entire drive-through. It's like. Oh yeah. Most of those drive-throughs <sighs> are about fifty minutes long. This one is like forty-five minutes long. It's it's a long drive. Yeah, I forget what the church is one time i I know uh, which one you're talking about one time we were driving and uh we went to one of those drive-through light things my wife and i and she's like put on some christmas music and a good friend of mine was driving uh i've talked about him before he listens so he'll know and we're like let's put on some christmas music let's put on some christmas music well for some reason we just couldn't find the christmas music we quite wanted but driving through a park reminded us of something so we started playing the jurassic park theme song and it worked really well with driving through the park and looking at the lights. So Jurassic Park, uh, the Jurassic Park theme has become a Christmas song in my family playlist. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so was Ghostbusters, but that's a long, a long going joke about when I, I used to work retail. I worked for Radio Shack for many years. And one day as a joke, whenever we would, tur- it was Black Friday and they turn on the Christmas music. It's so busy in there. You can barely even hear the music. 
uh, me and one of the guys thought it would be funny if we just put the song Ghostbusters on repeat. <laughs> we were about open for about four or five hours before the, the, the manager, the boss was like, wait, is Ghostbusters playing? And then he goes, what? Why is Ghostbusters playing? And then it ended and it started. He goes, is this Ghostbusters again? And then we started just losing it. We're like, man, it's been on for four hours. So funny. Back when people actually shopped on Black Friday. Oh, remember those days, Jesse? God, what a mess. You've never quite done that for me. You did. You you probably hate the summer because you worked grocery retail. I did. I did work grocery retail. And we are in an area where pork steaks are a thing. Yeah, any of the big the summer rush for cooking steaks, holidays, baking holidays were a bad one. The winter wasn't fun for me because I started out pushing carts on the parking lot. Oh my! And God. I would rather push carts in 110 degree weather on a blacktop parking lot than through fucking snow, man. Yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> man, remember how annoying reloading turkeys was? <sighs> I hate turkeys. <laughs> they're pie, heavy they're cold pie crust people people try to get into your cart while you're trying to get them to the fucking bin yeah. and you're like listen lady. i was i was dairy frozen pie crusts uh, all day see, i was meat day. department <laughs> it was a nightmare i was meat um, department my friend i get it so the video game i'm playing sea of thieves i've talked about it i got oh, back yeah. into it still playing jesse's a pirate weird weird it came up <laughs> yeah i mean that's what he was talking about obviously um and then the book is a—it's an oldie but a goodie book. When, when Jesse gets on Sea of Thieves, he's like, "Our mateys, <laughs> let's download LimeWire." <laughs> no, it's it's all Linux ISOs, the whole thing. Uh, but the uh, the book I'm going to talk about today—well, not talk about, but mention—is uh, a Christmas Carol. Obviously, you gotta you gotta have a Christmas Carol book. Oh, yeah. uh, but this one so specifically is narrated. It's audio, and it's narrated by Hugh Grant. Oh. And it sounds you mean really lofty good. from Wonka? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking more. What was his name from? Uh, um, oh, uh, Forge from uh, Dungeons and Dragons. No, um, just recently, uh, Operation Fortune. Oh, I don't remember. That's what. It, that's what he's doing. Is like Cockney accent nonstop. Yeah, he did that in one movie and was like, Greg "That was Simmons. fun." I'm going to do that all the time now. Yeah, Greg Simmons. But yeah, so he he narrates this uh, this version of a Christmas Carol. Another good one that uh, I, I actually I have I've listened to several Christmases uh, is one that's read by Tim Curry. His is also very good. Oh, I bet that is good. Yeah, he's got a great reading voice. Yes, very. So that's what I'm doing. All right, that's fun. And uh, I think this will be coming out the week of Christmas. So we just wanted to say Correct. Merry Christmas to everybody that celebrates. And Happy Christmas. That means we'll be, we'll be in Hanukkah. So, um, you know, Happy Hanukkah and Happy Early Kwanzaa to those who celebrate. And I know there's some other holidays that fall around this time. And I'm, I apologize that I don't know them all. Uh, but yeah. If you celebrate it, celebrate it like it's the last one. Hell yeah. Well, Jesse, if it was the last one and they had to really rush out to make sure they get all of our information and find out where we are, where would they go? Because that should be your top priority during the apocalypse. Uh, well, you would you can make any gifts out to Jesse of <laughs> Pin of Doom. You can make any gifts out to me. I'm Brando Supreme. But if you wanted to find where to deliver those gifts, Jesse's got the delivery method here. You'd go to the bobspod.com because the internet will still definitely be working for the end of days. That's the bobspod.com. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.